Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Fellow Show. I'm your host, the Fellow KGB. You can follow me on Twitter at the Fellow KGB. It is Tuesday night, six o'clock p.m. Central Time. We're going to be going over our Week 14 waiver wire report. We'll look at some player news and some updates. We'll take some questions in the chat room. And uh, I don't know, it's a really big week. We got the uh, first round of the playoffs. If you're playing in weeks 14, 15, and 16, this is the this is the time where we need to be on point with our calls and need to make sure we're, we're getting the right players off the waiver wire. So we're just on the screen share here. I do have the link in the description below for YouTube. Uh, you can just check this out here. And then I do start it off with a list of important injuries to monitor here. And these are all the things that I'm kind of watching this week. And, uh, and just in terms of practice reports to see if anyone's playing here. Some of the more notable players. Here, actually, let me hit him fresh. Because I just I had to add Antonio Gibson to this list. So we know he's questionable. He left early with the toe injury last night. Uh, I think tomorrow is the first day we'll, we'll get maybe an update on him. So... Probably not going to see Antonio Gibson play this week. Uh, going, I think they're going to the 49ers. So we'll, I mean, it's probably going to be JD McKissick and Peyton Barber. So we'll we'll get to that point later when we get to the running backs here. Good news on Christian McCaffrey. Looks like he's going to be going. Josh Jacobs. It sounds like he's probably not going to play, and it's a tough matchup against the Colts. So I, we we might use uh, Devontae Booker as a low end RB two, but we'll kind of see about that. DeAndre Swift. We're hoping he can come back. He's got a really good matchup against the Packers. And I believe he scored a touchdown against the Packers back in week two. I'll have to double check that, but we're hoping DeAndre Swift can come back for the first round here. Frank Gore did leave with a concussion as well. We'll see about him coming back in practice or practice reports this weekend or this week. And then you got Kenny Galladay. This is another one. So the Lions with Kenny Galladay and DeAndre Swift still haven't had an update on Kenny Galladay's hip for real. But uh, we'll see if he can go this week. We'll like Matt Stafford a little bit more against the Packers there. The Panthers with their two, two wide receivers here on the COVID list, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. I'm assuming we're not going to see either of those guys play this weekend. And then T Higgins, he was having such a good rookie season, but he's out or he's not out listed yet, but he's probably not going to play with a hamstring injury. We'll see about his reports this week. LaVisca Chenault, another intriguing rookie that has a thumb injury now. So we'll probably uh, check his reports out tomorrow. Mark Andrews, he's not playing tonight, but he's got a really good probability of playing next week on Monday night football against the Cleveland Browns. So that would be a really good spot for Mark Andrews to come back. John Smith, we don't know what's going on with the knee injury yet. He might be out again this week. And then Irv Smith, probably not going to see him against Tampa Bay. But we'll, uh, this is definitely the list of injuries I'm monitoring on the practice report this week. And then a couple guys here that I wanted to call out that are just eligible to return from IR, and we just don't really know what's going on with them yet. But Drew Brees, they're saying he could be back week 15, week 16. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it for now. I mean, the dude's got, what, 12 broken ribs I would prefer him take a, as long as he needs to get back. So we'll watch Drew Brees, but he could be added in super flex leagues for sure, uh, especially if you have an IR spot or anything that you can uh, – if you have an open bench spot or, or a player that doesn't really have much value, Drew Brees could be used in super flex leagues there. And then Joe Mixon and George Kittle. We'll see if these guys can come back this year. But uh, I guess before I get into the quarterbacks and some of my, my streamers for quarterbacks, I did want to kind of just cover some of the news blurbs uh, before we get into the actual waiver wire report, there's just a couple updates on the Dallas Ravens game, which will be going on in roughly an hour or so. Uh, but there was some important news here. We did see Larry Fitzgerald activated off the COVID list. That's going to help Kyler Murray just a little bit be more stable there. Adam Humphreys, this one was interesting. He had a concussion and COVID uh, from weeks 9 through 12. 
And this is not good. He's a, he's back on injury reserve with a concussion, so we're probably not going to see Adam Humphreys the rest of the way. So A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, we're going to like those guys in our lineups probably the rest of the season here for sure. Uh, this was a really big one too. A.J. Bouye is facing suspension for the PED policy here, so not good. Probably not going to see A.J. Bouye the rest of the way. That makes Denver's defense a, a heavy target here. They're going to be going up against Carolina, who – is probably without DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, which I guess Robbie Anderson is going to be probably one of the hottest plays of the week. Christian McCaffrey's back as well. So I'm curious to see how Denver responds uh, since their season pretty much not going anywhere. Uh, let's just keep looking around here. Of course, Philadelphia Eagles have named Jalen Hurts as the starting quarterback. We'll see what happens with Carson Wentz in the future here. But Jalen Hurts, he's going to be a popular waiver wire ad, I think. But I'm not, especially in a one quarterback league, I'm not using Jalen Hurts in. Uh, I'm against the Saints, no way. I'm just, I'm not going to do it. You can add him if you if you have the priority or you just want to back up quarterback and see what happens. But for me, I'm not using Jalen Hurts, maybe in a quarterback two super flex league, but it's against the Saints. I know it's at home, but that's one of the toughest draws right now for a defense and for a rookie making his first career start. Uh, I just, I don't know about that one. So we'll keep moving on here. Um, Chris Godwin not practicing today with a finger issue. He had some pins removed from his finger, I think. So that's probably just a precautionary thing. He should be totally fine for Sunday. Uh, let's just keep looking around here. Um, so nothing else really touched uh, touched out that I wanted to see. The 49ers and the Buffalo Bills did play last night. So these are all just their updates from there. But that's pretty much it. It was a really slow news day. I think tomorrow is going to be a lot more busy, a lot more practice reports, a lot more injury updates and things like that. So I do have, uh, back to the waiver wire report now, I do have all of our quarterback streaming options ranked here. I think Ryan Tannehill uh, going up against Jacksonville uh, is a pretty good strong play here. We do like Derrick Henry quite a bit, but the way A.J. Brown and Corey Davis are playing, Tannehill sometimes rushes for touchdowns as well. I think Tannehill is probably one of my favorites here. And then Kirk Cousins, because Tampa Bay is kind of being a funnel defense right now where they can stop. They, I mean, they sell out and stop the run, no problem but uh, they do allow quite a bit of passing yards and big plays in the secondary there. So Kirk Cousins with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen right now playing some really good football with both of those wide receivers. I do think Kirk Cousins could be a guy that you stream in the first round of the playoffs here. It's in Tampa Bay, but again, Tampa Bay, just every running back they've faced has basically, uh, I think they've rushed the most rushing yards is like 57 or something for Christian McCaffrey. So I'm a little bit, uh, I'm lowering my expectations for Dalvin Cook in this one. I think Kirk Cousins is their best bet to move the ball. And then Phillip Rivers, he's been dealing with T.Y. Hilton lately, Michael Pittman Jr. He's got the tight ends rolling. And then he's throwing the ball to Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines going up against Las Vegas, who the Jets just took him to the brink here. So I really think Phillip Rivers is a steady quarterback, one option if you need the help. And then these guys, I guess Matt Stafford, Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, Andy Dalton, I feel kind of nervous about these guys. If you told me uh, that Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore are going to be playing for Teddy against Denver without AJ Bouye now, I would be really uh, positive about Teddy Bridgewater, but he's kind of just a wait and see approach there. And then all the rest of the guys on this list, I, I don't feel great about it. Maybe Sam Darnold gets some garbage points, but I think if I'm looking to stream a quarterback, I'm looking at Tannehill, Cousins, Phillip Rivers uh, for sure. And then I guess if, if Stafford gets Kenny Galladay back and DeAndre Swift, maybe, maybe Stafford uh, enters our good graces there. And then I guess looking at the Superflex leagues here, Jalen Hurts is going to be the popular ad this week if he's not uh, already been added in Superflex leagues. But I'm, I don't think I'm starting him against New Orleans Saints. I think I'd rather wait and see what's going on before he whip, we whip him out there. What's going on, Harris? Thanks for hanging out tonight. 
Uh, we're just kind of going over the quarterbacks and stuff right now. We'll, uh, we're just going to keep working our way through the waiver wire chart. I'll answer any questions or anything you guys got. But tonight, it's a pretty loose show because it's not really a true waiver wire night. That's going to be tomorrow night. So we'll have a lot of practice reports and other things going on. So tonight's just pretty much just a news night and just looking over who we're going to be talking about tomorrow. So uh, biggest complainer here, Luke Wilson or Tony Pollard? Luke Wilson or Tony Pollard? Is this a DFS question? Like, is like one of your, your low-owned uh, DFS guys? Let me just quick take a look here. Because Luke Wilson, he had a, he dropped a touchdown last week, if I remember correctly here. Um, so Russell Wilson or Josh Allen coming in here. Uh, I'm just pulling up to see. I want to see what Luke Wilson did last week against uh, – who did they play? They played the Steelers here. Got to move that. Uh, but we did see Luke Wilson, two targets, zero catches. I don't feel great about it, but he's going to be the most used tight end on the field. He could sneak in for a touchdown, I suppose. If that's like your lowest owned dude, uh, I mean, the, the the chances of him having a big game, I mean, he's looking to maybe score a touchdown and maybe two or three catches at the most. So he's not a huge play, but I could see I could see him scoring a touchdown more than I think Tony Pollard could. And Tony Pollard's going to be, of course, behind Ezekiel Elliott in the the volume department. Let me just quick see what this defense or this offense looked like last week. So again, they got kind of pummeled by Washington. I do think Baltimore's front seven should be a pretty good problem for Zeke and Tony Pollard. So I think I think I feel more comfortable with the Baltimore Raven going against the lesser Cowboys defense. I'm going to go with Luke Wilson in that one, and uh, hopefully he can catch. He can actually catch the touchdown this time. Um, so Harris is asking Russell Wilson or Josh Allen. This is an interesting question here. Let me just pull something up here on the side. I was looking at it because Josh Josh Allen, I mean, the way he looked last night was phenomenal. And I, I had my like nervous doubts about him going into that game against San Francisco. And all of a sudden, like he's 32 of 40 for almost 300 yards and, and what, four touchdowns? Phenomenal game out of Josh Allen on the road against a pretty good football team, <clears throat> a pretty good defense as well with Richard Sherman, Fred Warner, and a couple of their other guys back in the secondary. So Josh Allen going up against Pittsburgh. We just saw Alex Smith have a pretty good game against uh, against them last night, and then we did see um, we did see Russell Wilson struggle against the Giants, but now he gets the Jets. I think in terms of of matchup, I'm going to go Russell Wilson over the Jets, or Russell Wilson with the Jets over Josh Allen against a tough matchup there. So you do have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Yeah, I would just I would just maybe roll with the stack there. I think DK Metcalf and Lockett are both in good plays. Um, I mean, I, I would view Russell Wilson as like a safe top five quarterback play against the Jets. They've probably got a pretty bad taste in their mouth too. So he feels safest. I mean, I'm not going to be surprised if Josh Allen has a good game, but I think his range of outcome, a little bit wider than, than Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson back bounces back pretty good there. Um, so I was looking at the, cause we did, we did see here, Baltimore has both starting defensive linemen out. I think that was the rookie though, Matt, Matt And they did their Baltimore's defense is also missing Jimmy Smith, their top corner. And then their third corner. Uh, let's see here. So they declared Matt and Broderick Washington, both out. Um, even Brandon Williams also ready to plug up the middle. So they did get Brandon Williams back though. So that was the one guy that I was more nervous about. And I think Matt and Washington are more role players, but I'm still, I, I still think, uh, 
just with the lack of weapons on the Ravens, I can see, and Mark Andrews is definitely out for sure. I can see, I can see Wilson maybe catching a touchdown, maybe being a couple, couple catches or whatnot. Tony Pollard, I guess you're you're banking on Tony Pollard popping off a big play. He's probably not getting more than five or six, maybe seven touches in this one. And uh, I just, I don't know. I, I think I since we saw it last weekend, they dialed up a play for Luke Wilson in the red zone there. I wouldn't be surprised if he scores, but I think. Uh, as your lowest player on the the DFS slate, Luke Wilson, Tony Pollard, the chances of either of them scoring probably not very good. But I just know that I, I liked what I saw with Wilson's touchdown uh, called last weekend, so maybe we see that again. So looking at uh, Anthony Acosta here, pick three: Calvin Ridley, Keenan Allen, Justin Jefferson, and Stephon Diggs. Um, so I think, I think the one guy that sticks out the most is going to be Justin Jefferson going up against Tampa Bay. The last time we saw Tampa Bay, they got housed by Patrick Mahomes and, and Tyreek Hill and, and Kelsey even had a pretty good game there. And I just think the way Justin Jefferson's playing, he's the one guy that I think is probably outside of like Devonte Adams, Tyreek Hill. He's probably the hottest, maybe DK Metcalf too, but he's like a top five hot receiver right now. I think I would try to get him in my lineup for sure. Keenan Allen with a really plus matchup against the Atlanta Falcons, but then do we trust what uh, what Justin Herbert and the Chargers just put out last weekend? That makes me a little bit nervous. Um, I'm thinking about what Terry, Terry McLaurin really struggled last night. I know the difference in the offenses is quite, quite different with Washington's uh, passing offense compared to the Buffalo Bills, but I would imagine... I mean, you got this is tough. Three, three of these dudes, like these are all like top ten receivers at the moment. Uh, Calvin Ridley going up against the Chargers. I know the Chargers are a little bit stingier against the cornerbacks here, but if I had to choose one guy to leave out, um, I'm keeping Jefferson in for sure. I think Diggs has pretty much as safe as high floor as anybody. The guy with the biggest bust potential is Keenan Allen, uh, but he's also got probably just as high as a ceiling. So I think for me. Let's go with uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with Ridley Jefferson and Diggs, but it's it it would be between Keenan Allen and, and Ridley I think for that for that odd man out situation there. Um, so if Antonio Gibson misses time, what will be the role of J D McKissick? It's gonna be what we saw uh, pretty much last night. I don't think Peyton Barber is a very valuable back outside of touchdown leagues, and even if like they're going up against the 49ers next week. I do expect the 49ers to have a pretty good uh, defensive matchup with the the Washington offense. I wouldn't expect Peyton Barber to be a very successful play besides a goal line touchdown or two if he gets the opportunity. But for the most part, that offensive game plan for that game is going to be a really slow moving game. I think both, I think both Washington and the 49ers want to run the ball. We'll see if, if Nick Mullins can keep pushing the ball down the field. But the, I think everyone kind of realized how good the Washington defense actually is next week. So I think it's going to be a more low-scoring game. But I guess the good news with J.D. McKissick in terms of PPR play is he's going to probably continue to get a minimum five, six, seven, eight targets. And especially with Antonio Gibson out of the mix now, let me just pull up what happened here. So this was the Thanksgiving game, I believe, with Antonio Gibson. So you're looking at, I mean, Gibson had seven targets in this game. J.D. McKissick had two. So I think for the most part, there's, Alex Smith is dumping it off the running back six to ten times a game. And now if Gibson's out in that one, I think McKissick has a really good opportunity to kind of continue as like a, a, a low-end RB2 in PPR leagues. Let me just pull up here because I did, uh, if you guys wanted to check out the opportunity report from last week, I did complete this. And just looking at the opportunity report from last night, now, this was a game where the Washington football team was down basically the entire game, and we know Gibson was out. 
So I think just looking at, at McKissick and Barber's snap rates here, in a game where they're, they're probably playing from behind, it's going to look a lot like this. It's going to be 75% McKissick and maybe, you know, 25, 30% Barber. And we know he's never going to get the amount of touches, but man, 10 targets, 10 catches, 70 yards. So that's probably like the, the best of outcomes. I think on the low end, you're going to see five or six catches, maybe 30, 40 yards. So he's still got double digit floors there. Um, so I, I still think his role is just basically locked in at this point. And if you don't have a better RB2, I think McKissick uh, against the tough, I mean, Washington or the 49ers defense is tough. Uh, if we just quick look and see, I want to just look and see what uh, the Buffalo Bills running backs were able to achieve last night, just from a, a stat standpoint here. So Devin Singletary caught three for 22, Zach Moss one for five here. So if you just give all that to McKissick, that's what, four for 27, 6.7, then a handful of carries here. So, I mean, on the low end, he's probably got like a six, seven, eight point floor, but I think just with the amount of volume that he's going to get, I think JD McKissick should be pretty safe for 10 to 12 points in a PPR league. So we'll have to weigh him against some of the other, uh, your other options there, Harris, but uh, yeah, interesting situation with Washington. Now we'll see. Uh, I don't know. I think tomorrow's going to be a big news day in terms of injury report, but Antonio Gibson, hopefully he can come back in a week or two here. Um, so JD McKissick or miles Gaskin. So the dolphins are playing the chiefs. It's a little bit tougher matchup. Uh, on paper there for Gaskin. Let me just quick pull up and see what the Chiefs have been on. I mean, last week, uh, Melvin Gordon had, what, 15 carries for 131 yards? Here, let me just pull that up real quick. Uh, we did see Melvin Gordon. Uh, he's He busted a couple long runs. Uh, where are we here? Denver Broncos. So Melvin Gordon, 15 for 131. Uh, Lindsey was weird, though, 14 for 26. I don't know why they had Lindsey's number. But Melvin Gordon showed that he was able to get, uh, consistently bust through. Uh, let's just pull up real quick. Let me just look and see where the Dolphins are. Here, we'll filter it this way. So the Dolphins rank is like the 12th best team against the running backs, about 22 PPR points per game. I just want to see individually. So last weekend, I think we get we can throw this one out. Giovanni Bernard in the Bengals offense. Like that's clearly one of the worst. Uh, offensive opportunities there for us, but Frank Gore hit a, hit double digits. Um, Melvin Gordon hit double digits. Oh, wait, I should be looking at the Chiefs, not the Dolphins. My bad. Um, so the Chiefs here. Let's roll down here. So okay, this looks pretty good. So Melvin Gordon fifteen point two, Ronald Jones seventeen point three, Josh Jacobs thirteen point four, McCaffrey went nuts. Well, Michael Piran in the Jets. I think that's kind of an outlier here. I don't know what happened. Uh, oh, this was the rain game where Kansas City was just able to kind of just keep running the ball against them and limit the offense. Uh, but for the most part, I think Miles Gaskin is going to be the guy that I trust a little bit more. And we know that he's going to get volume in the passing game and he's going to lead the team in carries too. So I do like Miles Gaskin over JD McKissick uh, in terms of PPR leagues. There's been a, a pretty good amount of success here for running backs going up against the Chiefs. And I think that's kind of the way if you if you want to beat the Chiefs, I mean, just look at what the Broncos did. They ran the ball almost 30 times between Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay, and then they came, you know, within a, a six-point game at the end. So I think that's going to be the game plan going forward and the recipe to try to beat the Chiefs. So good question there. I do think Miles Gaskin over J.D. McKissick. So just getting back to the waiver wire uh, opportunity stuff here. And now I guess we are – I kind of covered the, the quarterbacks here. If you guys have questions on super flex quarterbacks, we can talk about those guys. But uh, I do have a list of running backs here. 
And then again, usually I do this, the running backs are likely owned, but these guys might be available in your league. And again, J.D. McKissick, J.K. Dobbins, this one's going to be interesting to watch tonight. Uh, if we see J.K. Dobbins just dominate the touches in the snap share this week, J.K. Dobbins has a look of like a league-winning running back. They're going to be going up against the Cleveland Browns on Monday Night Football. And when we last saw the Ravens in Week 11 with Dobbins, Ingram, and Gus Edwards healthy, Dobbins had like 20, 20 total touches compared to three and three for Edwards and Ingram. So I'm super curious to see how the backfield shakes out tonight. I do have Miles Gaskin up there. I'm assuming he's owned. Kareem Hunt shouldn't be dropped. David Johnson shouldn't be hanging around there. <clears throat> Damian Harris is still a low end uh, play, but he's better in a standard league than a half PPR or PPR league. Uh, Daryl Henderson continue holding on to Daryl Henderson. It looks like Cam Akers is officially taking over there. Uh, I think the snap counts and everything was just kind of eye-opening for me this weekend when I looked at it. Let's just pull up the Los Angeles Rams numbers here. So against the Cardinals here, you see Cam Akers with 63% of the snaps, Daryl Henderson just 22, and Malcolm Brown only 16. In terms of touches, this is the big one here. Cam Akers with 21 touches compared to three for Henderson and three for Malcolm Brown. Just a lot of heaviness towards Cam Akers' sides here, and he gets 72 yards and a touchdown. The targets, they're all kind of used in the passing game, but, man, I want the running back that's going to be getting all the touches. And then Daryl Henderson, just because he's still playing pretty good football, he was able to break a pretty long run. I think he's worth holding on to in case anything happens to Akers or Malcolm Brown. We might get some clarity on that position later there. So I do like... McKissick, Dobbins, Gaskin, Hunt uh, continue holding on to Henderson, Jamal Williams, Latavius Murray, Carlos Hyde. These guys are all high-value handcuffs, as we've seen uh, some injuries to their, their lead backs there. And then in terms of the priority running backs that I think will be available in most people's league, Cam Akers is probably 50-50. He might be available in your league. It's a tough matchup going up against New England, but I do think he's worth a low like running back two, maybe a, a, a top 25, top 30 running back start this week. Uh, New England, man, they just completely, you know, destroyed the Chargers. I do think we're going to see a, quite a bit of fight here from the Rams. But maybe, I don't know, maybe you see a top, like, 25, top 30 finish for Cam Akers here. Hopefully he continues to get all the touches. Ty Johnson going up against Seattle. We just saw the New York Giants just destroy the the line of scrimmage there against um, against Seattle here. So I just wanted to pull up the Giants and show what they did last weekend. So Wayne Gallman, 16 carries, 135 yards. And then Alfred Morris even chipped in, 8 for 39, and he gets a touchdown. He also caught a touchdown here. So a ton of volume and opportunity points here for the running backs. And I believe if Frank Gore is going to be out, Ty Johnson's probably going to be the guy that like we'll have questions about all week. And sure, he might be a top 20, top 25 back, but it doesn't feel great. Trusting a Jet, so I totally get it if you wanted to pivot from Ty Johnson. We got Wayne Gallman versus the Arizona Cardinals here. Um, he's, he's just getting the volume. We just see that here. He had 18 carries or 16 carries and then eight for Alfred Morris. He's, you know, twice as many snaps as these guys. And this was a game where the Giants were able to just kind of grind it out and just control the game. So Wayne Gallman should be owned, but who knows? Maybe he's available in your league. And then the Jeff Wilson thing, I don't, I'm not going to tell people to start Jeff Wilson, but just based on last night's snap counts, I really think that he should be owned in pretty much all leagues and he should be considered as a handcuff. Uh, but you see him out-snap Raheem Mostert by one snap. Seven carries to nine carries here, Wilson with the seven. And then Wilson was the third down back. He had five targets, two for two for 12, 
through the air here. So this is just something to monitor. What really frustrated me, though, is when they got inside the five-yard line, the two or three times they did, Raheem Mostert's not on the field. He didn't get a single carry within, like, the one or two-yard line. It was all Wilson, all check. Very frustrating if you are a Raheem Mostert uh, owner there. So Jeff Wilson, as long as he's healthy, they they – they like him in all, you know, running the ball and catching the ball. So he should be a guy that I think can be on your bench. Adrian Peterson going up against the Packers. We know the Packers have struggled uh, to stop the run. And we don't know about Adrian or uh, DeAndre Swift. So if, if we see that Swift is not practicing tomorrow, that's going to make me want to lean into Adrian Peterson. Peyton Barber at San Francisco, like that's purely a, a standard league touchdown play. Ito Smith and Duke Johnson. If anyone cuts Duke Johnson, continue to, I guess, He's he's worth the bench spot in case anything happens to David Johnson again, but he does have a pretty high floor in PPR leagues, so he should be on a roster. And then Ito Smith, the thing with the Falcons running backs right now is it seems like it's like a carousel that just keeps going round and around, and we have no real traction here on who the true running back one is. But you see Ito Smith outsnap Gurley and Brian Hill, 24 for Ito, 22 for Gurley, 11 for Brian Hill. Uh, eight carries, eight carries, and five. And then Edo Smith did get the, the one catch, negative two yards, but two targets. So I don't really think the Atlanta Falcons offense is a very fruitful one for fantasy running back points right now, but this is something I think to monitor if we see that Todd Gurley is going to be out. We're going to have the Edo Smith crowd and the Brian Hill questions coming up pretty <clears throat> pretty consistently. So just something to monitor here. I think Edo Smith could be a last uh, guy on your bench type situation. So I'm going to see what we got in the comments here. So Harris is asking Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins or Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. So in terms of matchups, Justin Herbert, man, going up against the Falcons. Like <clears throat> I want to, I want to believe that last week was just like a blip in the radar and that we're going to see a much better effort from Herbert. Uh, and then Kyler Murray in that whole Arizona offense right now, isn't really inspiring me, <clears throat> but we did see that DeAndre Hopkins is going to continue to get pummeled with targets even when the offense isn't working. So, <clears throat> excuse me here. So, <clears throat> I think the good news is Kyler Murray going up against the Giants. He does get Larry Fitzgerald back, which should help the offense be more efficient on the short, you know, those little five, six, seven, eight-yard routes. That's where Larry Fitzgerald does excel. So, the offense should be a little bit better. But we just saw that Giants defense kind of stifle Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. All those guys were kind of held to lower numbers. So for my head, my head says Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen going up against the Atlanta Falcons. I think that one's in Los Angeles as well. Uh, so I think I think I'm going to roll with Herbert and Keenan Allen. Let me just click one more thing on the side here. Um, so um, it, this one's splitting hairs at the. It, it's so close. Like I could see I could see both quarterbacks being top five quarterbacks. I could see both receivers being uh, top five receivers. But I think I'm going to lean into the matchup. I do know, like, if I pulled up here, let's just quick take a look at fantasy points here. For, we'll look at the quarterback first. And I'm not sure what um, platform you're on here. I'm just going to filter by ESPN because I know that's four-point passing touchdowns. Um, go back here. So I believe the Giants are one of the best defenses in pretty much all categories right now which seems weird to say, but they've been playing some really good defensive football. Um, so the Atlanta Falcons continue to be one of the worst teams against the quarterback. They are the worst team against the quarterback, about 23.5. That's four-point passing touchdown points. And then with the New York Giants, man, they are the third best 
14.9 points here. So for me, I always like to roll with the numbers that are telling me something. You see Russell Wilson was limited to 15. Okay, so so yeah, we can do Yahoo real quick here. So Yahoo. Um, so Russell Wilson, 16. Brandon Allen, 7.1. Carson Wentz, 8.7. Uh, Carson Wentz had, a, had the best game of the year against him, but you see not a lot of 20-point games here. And I know as soon as we go over to the Falcons side here, I think you're, we're going to trust these numbers a little bit more. Um, I'm just I'm really nervous about Herbert coming off that game, but I do think that we're going to see some good fight here. So you see it just Taysom Hill dominated them for about 25 points each. Drew Locke put up 30. You see some low points, 13 to 18 from Stafford and Bridgewater, but then you see a run of 20s. A high of 39 and 31. So for me, I think I'm I think I'm gonna roll with the with what the numbers are telling me. I'm gonna go with the Los Angeles Chargers to put up a much better fight this time around. So I think that's a that's a tough question, but uh, I think I gotta roll with what the numbers are telling me there and go with the easier matchup. Uh, and also that I mean the Chargers are at home. The Cardinals have to travel in the New York Giants. That's a West Coast team going to the East Coast. I think that's a noon game as well, so I think I'm gonna I'm thinking I'm gonna be okay with calling the Chargers uh, side of that one. So we just covered the running backs. If you guys have any more questions on running backs, we can talk about those. We're also gonna I mean, if you guys have any more waiver wire questions tomorrow night, we'll cover that too. I don't really know what I'm. I think tomorrow night I'm gonna be covering the Thursday night football game, and then we'll open up questions and whatever else you guys have. So we're going we're going on about 29 minutes here. So we're just looking at the wide receivers. Um, the following receivers are likely owned, but might be available in your league. That's Corey Davis. That's T.Y. Hilton. We'll see how C.D. Lamb looks tonight, but I really like the, the matchup next weekend against Cincinnati. I think that's going to be a really good Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Ezekiel Elliott. That should be a bounce back game for that Dallas Cowboys team. Uh, we just talked about, uh, Herbert and Keenan Allen there. So I do have Mike Williams on the list here against Atlanta. That could be a really nice spot start for him. It could be one of those games where he just, you know, catches two touchdowns and does some other crazy, you know, big high wire catches there. So I like Mike Williams. Lazard has played his best career games against Detroit. I think he's got two really good games against the Lions in his career. Ayuk looked really good last night. It was kind of frustrating seeing Debo Samuel put on the back burner until the third or fourth quarter. But Brandon Ayuk, man, he is legit. I think he's a wide receiver three flex going forward. Crowder, sure, going up against the Seattle Seahawks, a team that we do know allows quite a bit of wide receiver points. I think he could be useful. Sterling Shepard against the Cardinals. Uh, we just saw the, uh, who was it last weekend? They had a pretty good game against them. But Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, they both had a pretty good game there. So I do like Sterling Shepard as a low-end play. And then Watkins, man. Watkins continues to be the second uh, receiver in terms of snaps. He also had like six or seven targets last uh, Sunday night too. So he's a guy that, I mean, these are kind of low-end dicey plays here. I would I'd rather prefer some of these guys at the top. But uh, then just looking at some of the priority receivers that I think will be available in most people most people's leagues, Kiki Cutie uh, going up against Chicago. I think the myth of Chicago being an elite defense is not true at the moment right now. I mean, Kiki Cutie going up against the Chicago Bears. This one's in Chicago. And I'm just trying to get to the Houston Texans stats here. But for some reason, Chad Hansen was their leading snap receiver, Brandon Cooks, 83. But then you see Kiki Cutie down here at 75% snap rate. He led the team in targets with nine targets, eight catches, 141 yards. Uh, in a game where, I mean, Washington, Deshaun Watson threw the ball 38 times. He typically throws it 35 to 40. So this target, you know, eight to nine targets is pretty reasonable to expect Kiki uh, Cutie uh, receiving going forward. 
So I think he's got a pretty high floor. I'm not exactly scared of the slot cornerbacks in Chicago. So I do think he's got some wide receiver three value for us. Uh, Tim Patrick, he did catch two touchdowns. He's probably, he's more fluky with the boom bust nature of, of how he plays, but it, it's, I think it's clear that when Drew Locke is uh, in a struggle situation, he, he always finds Tim Patrick and he's able to make some pretty sweet plays with him. Cole Beasley had an awesome game last night. And it's kind of the same thing I've been saying is like when they play tougher defenses and there's a struggle target, Cole Beasley is typically the guy that Josh Allen leans on. And I think he had like nine, nine catches last night, over a hundred yards. It was just a really good Cole Beasley game. And uh, I think that game's uh, next Monday or next Sunday night football. We're going to see Buffalo and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So yeah, Cole Beasley nine for one thirty and a touchdown. Uh, maybe lightning can strike twice here. I do think Cole Beasley can be uh, definitely in a PPR league, a wide receiver three, flex option for us um i have emmanuel sanders on the list i'm not going to start him against philadelphia but if we know that drew Brees is coming back weeks 15 or 16 and emmanuel sanders is kind of hanging around the waiver wire and you have you know the opportunity to just snag him and have him be your worst player on your team the last player on your bench i think it's worth holding on to because we could see drew Brees back as soon as week 15 or 16 so that's just something i'm keeping my eye on there we do like the New York Jets receivers kind of going up against Seattle, but these guys are all kind of dice rolls. We saw Brashad Perriman bottom out last weekend. Denzel Mims has a decent floor of like seven or eight points, but I don't feel great about it. But again, these are just kind of high volume plays. We expect the Jets to throw the ball a lot. And then these guys are more just guys I'm monitoring. Rashard Higgins had a pretty good week last weekend, but I don't really trust these guys. But I think uh, these guys are more uh, basically just emergency plays. I, li- I like the Cowboys against the Bengals. Uh, we'll see if LaVisca Chenault can play against the Titans. I might have to put Colin Johnson on this list because Keelan Cole's also disappointing here. But I do think the Jaguars passing offense could have some success against the Titans. We just saw what Baker Mayfield did to this defense. So maybe I'm thinking some Jaguars guys might be useful. But maybe those guys feel more like uh, like DFS plays. Probably better uh, better off doing that there. So Matt Bames saying the Giants and Redkins defense are legit. I want nothing to do against them. I mean, at this point... I can't argue with you. We were making, we've been making fun of the NFC East for what basically all season. And all of a sudden we're seeing that the giants and the Redskins play some pretty physical, tough football on the, on the defensive side there. And they, uh, they're going to grind you down. So I know I, when I was looking back into the giants and the Seahawks game, I was trying to figure out what the hell happened there. And it looked like the Seahawks lost two of their starting uh, offensive linemen. And the biggest thing that stuck out just looking at the game was Seahawks allowed five sacks, which Russell Wilson just wasn't comfortable at all. He, he was scrambling a ton, wasn't able to find his reads for the most part because he was always looking you know, for the blitzers. So I do think we could see Russell Wilson get back on track here. But yes, the Giants and the Redskins defense ain't nothing. That's uh, not a joke anymore. We got to take these, these teams serious here. Um, so Mark Andrews or Dallas Goddard. Is this a question for week 14? Um I think I'm going to roll with Mark Andrews because, I mean, the New Orleans Saints defense going up against Jalen Hurts. I do like Dallas Goddard quite a bit, and I think he can be a security blanket. But I don't know if you guys remember, but Mark Andrews, he had his best, I think it was his best game of the year, week one, back against the Cleveland Browns. So I think I'm going to roll back into that. And uh, he should be healthy and ready to go. I haven't heard anything uh, negative about his COVID 
uh, situation right now, but we did see five for 58 and two touchdowns. I mean, the, the Ravens just, just clocked them here, 22.8 total fantasy points. And then I do know that the the Cleveland Browns are, are pretty vulnerable against the tight ends. Uh, here, let me let me pull up this week or this uh, what happened here. So the Titans had a handful of tight ends without Jonu Smith, and they all seem to combine for a really nice stat line here. <clears throat> so you see Jeff Swain, whatever, one target, zero catches. Michael Pruitt, one catch, 22 yards and a touchdown. And then Ferkser here, five for 51. So there is a lot of volume headed that way against the Browns defense. So I do think I like Mark Andrews there. <clears throat> um, so where were we here? So I guess we're kind of just moving to the tight ends here. I'm losing my voice. <clears throat> so Logan Thomas last night. Holy crap. <clears throat> Something in the back of my throat. So Logan Thomas last night goes nine for nine, 98 yards and a touchdown. He played 100% of the snaps. And this, I mean, he was the security blanket all night when they needed a play. Alex, um, Alex Smith was con consistently looking for Logan Thomas. And I do think Washington going up against the 49ers this week. We just saw some things last night that interested me. We saw against, uh, I think it was Dawson Knox that had the touchdown catch and he kind of jumped over into the end zone. So they did just allow a touchdown catch to the tight end there. Uh, Dawson Knox, four for 27 and a touchdown. They don't really use a lot of the other tight ends here. Buffalo's kind of inconsistent with their usage of tight ends. But I'm actually pretty open to Logan Thomas being a uh, almost a top 10 must-start tight end. If he's available, I'm willing to, to kind of empty it out and make sure I get him for the playoff run here. Uh, the guy to keep an eye on tonight is going to be Dalton Schultz because uh, he's got a – I've been talking about this Dallas matchup. They're going to play Cincinnati this week. Uh, this week 14. So if I see Dalton Schultz go out there tonight and have, you know, four or five catches, have an opportunity in the red zone, I do think Dalton Schultz will be one of my top streaming options next weekend. Uh, the, the Colts tight end mess is it, it's a three-headed monster right now. Trey Burton, though, he's the one guy that does catch touchdowns for them. Uh, a couple other guys make sense here. Drew Sample, and this was really dependent on who the quarterback is because it seems like Ryan Finley really is attached to the tight end. And Sample caught the majority of his uh, passes from Ryan Finley last weekend, I think he caught seven for, for 49 total yards there. Jared Cook, I'm going to classify Jared Cook as uh, kind of like what I did with Emmanuel Sanders as a guy who we know Drew Brees might be on the on the way back soon. And if you if you need a backup tight end or you have the uh, ability to just hold on to a tight end for a week or so, Jared Cook, uh, he could also be streamed this week. We did just see him catch a touchdown. He had five targets. And Robert Tunyon just had a really good game against uh, the Eagles on Sunday. So maybe Jared Cook is a low-end streamer. And then definitely some value of Drew Brees returns pretty soon here. So I do like that. And then here's one for you guys to kind of keep an eye on. Cole Komet, Chicago Bears rookie tight end going up against Houston. And there's been a trend that I've been noticing here in the Chicago tight end group where Cole Komet has been the leading guy in snaps and targets the last few games over Jimmy Graham. So he's almost getting twice as many snaps, 54 to 34, seven targets to one target, uh, five for 37 and the touchdown here. So all of a sudden Cole Komet, it's going to be super difficult to trust a rookie tight end here. Uh, first week of the playoffs, but Cole Komet, man, all of a sudden he's looking like a pretty interesting player. He might be more of a guy we file away for next year, but just something I noticed if you need, uh, if you need a desperation play at tight end, Cole Komet could be an interesting look. Uh, I'm going to like Anthony Ferkser if Jonu Smith is again ruled out. We'll have practice reports and some updates and stuff tomorrow. So maybe Ferkser could be a guy. I do have both tight end, uh, Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby. 
I'm assuming Tyler Higby's owned, uh, but Gerald Everett actually had a pretty nice game uh, the other day here. Let me just look at the Rams real quick. So we did see Tyler Higby led the way with 70 snaps, Gerald Everett 60 snaps. So they both played a lot. They got, these guys were on the field uh, quite a bit here. Tyler Higby four for 24 and a touchdown, and then Everett with six for 44 and a touchdown here. So I'm kind of just I'm nervous about the Rams offense going up against the New England Patriots. If you guys remember the Super Bowl a few years back, Bill Belichick really stifled uh, everything that the offense was doing there. Jared Goff couldn't get anything going. So I'm nervous about my, my Rams tight ends, but just keep an eye on Everett because he seems to be playing some good football lately. And then I have a guy here, Tyler Eifert, going up against Tennessee. And the thing about Tyler Eifert right now is he's enjoying a couple good games in a row here with Mike Glennon. Glennon seems to favor the tight end pretty strongly here. So 72% snaps for Eifert, catches all six of his targets for 45 yards. And the thing that I noticed, especially with Minshew, and even with Jake Luton was they were wildly inefficient with their with their targets and their receptions when Tyler Eifert when they were targeting Tyler Eifert. So it's nice to see him catch all six of his targets, six for forty five. That's a ten point five day in PPR leagues, and they do have a favorable matchup here going up against Tennessee. And then Dan Arnold, if you're feeling risky, two touchdowns last weekend. We'll see it happen, but uh, I'm not uh, super excited. But we just had to put that on there. So we'll get to some defense talk here in a sec. But we got Sport Dog one thousand. What's going on, man? Thanks for hanging out. So we won this week. We're nine and four. So I think I made the right, I may, think we made the playoffs. So we have one wheel left. Uh, one week left of regular season. I will know tomorrow. I really want to see J.K. Dobbins. Yes, I think I'm super optimistic for J.K. Dobbins tonight. The Dallas defense. Last time we saw Dallas, they let Antonio Gibson run wild. So maybe maybe they have something uh, that they saw last week on tape, and maybe they can kind of do something similar with with uh, our guy J.K. Dobbins here. But you're nine and four. Is this the 18 league? Nine and four should be getting into the playoffs, hopefully. But anyways, good luck tonight with that. I do think J.K. Dobbins uh, is. I think he's going to be just every time he's on the field and you watch like Mark Ingram or Gus Edwards, he's just not. He's just not like those other guys. He he Ingram's a little bit older, slower, coming back from COVID. I don't expect much out of Ingram at all. And then just the juice that J.K. Dobbins has compared to Ingram. Or Go I like Gus Edwards because he's a bruising back and he, he doesn't have a lot of juice, but he's 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 a pretty steady engine for the most part. So I, I wish that the, the Ravens would just do a two-back offense and just let J.K. Dobbins kind of control the point there and then basically just let Gus Edwards kind of be the cleanup man. But hopefully we see some good things out of the Ravens' backfield tonight. It'll be interesting to see what Lamar Jackson can do. That's a must-win game for the Ravens tonight too. So I'm expecting to see – Technically, it's a must-win game for the Cowboys. I, let me just pull up the. Um, I'm just curious about the, the the wild card races in both divisions here, because basically the loser has been eliminated for the season. I would almost imagine the Ravens are starting to fall here. So we do see the Ravens are currently the ninth seed in the AFC. If they lose, they're going to be tied with New England here. New England has the tiebreaker over them, so that's that's not a good sign there. So if they win. They'll be sitting here around eighth, seven and five. That seems pretty decent there. And then in the NFC side of things, the Cowboys, man, of course they're, they're dead last year. Maybe we should look at the NFC East. Game and a half, game and a half back here. So this is for the Cowboys season. If they lose, they're done. If they win, there's hope. So uh, interesting to see how the Cowboys respond coming off that embarrassing loss at home against Washington here. So, Super excited about this game tonight. 
but we're going on about 43 minutes here. If you guys have any questions, you guys can uh, keep firing away in the chat room. I'm excited. We're going to be doing our first fantasy basketball show tonight. I think we're scheduled to go on for 7.30 tonight. So if you guys want to hang out uh, later, we'll be covering some fantasy basketball stuff. I have a couple friends coming on. And we're just kind of doing like an intro to the fantasy basketball season. Just kind of talking about all the new players and new places and things like that. So we're going to be hanging out. I'll have the game on the screen over here. But uh, come hang out if you guys want to listen to some fantasy basketball thoughts. But uh, we're just going to finish up here with the waiver wire. Uh, we got Andrew Bauer in the chat room saying, go Ravens. We'll see what the Ravens defense can do and, and see if they can stifle Andy Dalton in the running game there. Uh, but in terms of defenses for week four, if you guys need streaming help, you can always ask me questions there. I do think, I mean, I kind of called Seattle as a defense I liked last week. They, Colt McCoy and the, and the Giants can only score one touchdown. They had to kick like four field goals or whatever it was. So I do think Seattle going uh, – they're at home, but they're going up against the Jets here. So I do think Seattle might be a defense that's widely available in those kind of leagues. And then another defense here that should be available, maybe the Packers going up against Detroit. They've strung a couple good games in a row here as a defense. Patriots defense, again, just Belichick has a history going up there um, against the Rams here. So I, I could see the Patriots. And again, we just looked at the, the AFC standings. The Patriots are 6-6. Six and six. They're just kind of lingering back there. And if they can pull off this game on Thursday Night Football, again, we'll be talking about this game a lot uh, a lot more tomorrow night. But, man, we like the Rams, but this, you, can't, you can't count out the Patriots just yet sitting at 6-6. Six and six. So if you guys do have any defensive questions, we can get to those throughout the week. But uh, I don't know. That's pretty much the waiver wire report for week 14. We'll, talk a, we'll touch a little bit more about this tomorrow night, but I guess – uh, the other feature that I did have on the website ready to roll is the Week 13 Opportunity Report. You can see all the snaps, all of the the rushing attempts, passing attempts, targets, everything on here that you need to know. And I guess since I'll, I'll probably hang on another 5-10 minutes, I just want to see if anything else stuck, stuck out. Uh, it was nice to see Julio Jones play a full percent of snaps last week, 94%. So he's, he didn't have a setback, so I think we're comfortable with Julio Jones in our lineup going forward. It was nice to see the 10 targets for him and for Ridley there too. So Julio is back into our good graces. Weird though, Russell Gage. It seems like Russell Gage needs both guys in the lineup to be useful. Eight targets, four for 51 and a touchdown. Defense just gets so much you know, focused on Ridley and Jones where, where Russell Gage really thrives when those two are both in the lineups. But I guess the one thing that frustrated me with this Falcons game Hayden Hurst didn't do anything. He's probably not a guy I feel safe starting for the rest of the of the fantasy playoffs here. Four targets, one catch, nine yards. Uh, I'd rather probably play some of these streaming options we've been talking about. So, uh, And then again, Buffalo, man. Buffalo. Uh, Andrew is going to like this a little bit. But Gabriel Davis, it's not the first game Gabriel Davis has led the Buffalo Bills in wide receiver snaps. And just I'm, th I'm thinking already sometimes in terms of next season – but I do think Gabriel Davis is going to be drafted on a, on a lot of our fantasy teams. He's been – this isn't his first game where he's led the team in wide receiver snaps. So they're letting him get a lot of run with the first team. They're letting him uh, just lead the team. And he's not going to be a high-volume player his rookie season. But I love the confidence to keep him out on the field in three wide receiver sets. Catches three for 68 and a touchdown. I suppose if if you needed a desperation play, you could. I mean, Gabriel Davis should probably be on the waiver wire list this week because we like what we saw from Josh Allen last night. So I'm probably going to do that. I'll add Gabe Davis to the maybe like the third or fourth from the bottom of the wide receiver list there. Uh, another thing to keep an eye on too is Dawson Knox. He's been kind of in and out of the lineup all season with nagging injuries, and they also have um, 
They also have what's his name, um, the kid from the Bengals, Tyler Croft. They had Tyler Croft, but he's been in and out of the lineup lately too. So this was Dawson Knox's most snaps that he's seen, I think, since maybe like the first month of football. So he catches four, all four of his targets, 27 yards and a touchdown. Again, we like being attached to Josh Allen in this offense right now. So this is just something to monitor. But I, I, Dawson Knox has my attention there. Um, so sports dog. Yeah, I don't know what was going on with Terry McLaurin. He, he saw his, his floor of six targets. Um, so it looks like we're going to be going running back. But I guess the thing, too, is Terry McLaurin's going to be going – they're going to San Francisco. We'll see if Richard Sherman or Jason Ferret can uh, can kind of stop him down there. But I don't know. The thing with Terry McLaurin is I've – I've started Terry McLaurin every game this year except one. And that one game, I think it was like a, a really good game against the Ravens. So I kind of just learned that I'm going to leave Terry McLaurin in there and take the lumps with it because I guess he's only let us down twice all year. So if he if he lets us down again one more time, we'll have some thinking to do. But I, I, I'm totally cool with uh, going running back over McLaurin, especially in the eight-man league. I think you got uh, you probably got some pretty good options there to compete with Terry. So, again, just looking at the Bears real quick. Uh, I mentioned this earlier, but Cole Komet, he's been taking over the the tight end snaps here. So this is definitely going to be a guy I'm going to be into for next like next summer when I'm doing my draft prep. Cole Komet, we're probably going to talk him up quite a bit. He's been playing a lot. I think this is his third or fourth game in a row leading the tight end group in snaps in Chicago. And he's finally starting to get the targets here. So definitely a guy uh, to keep an eye on there. The Bengals, I don't know what to do. with. Like I, I really... Don't want to rely on any Bengals going into the playoffs here, but the Cleveland Browns, man, whew, this could be a really fun Monday night football game going up against Baltimore. I think this one's in Baltimore. Pretty sure it's in Baltimore Monday night football, but Baker Mayfield, the best game of the year uh, for himself, 334 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, he even caught a ball. It was a, it was a terrible pass from Jarvis Landry, uh, but Baker made a pretty good play on the ball there. Going up against Baltimore, I don't know if I'm going to trust him in a one quarterback league. It really, I mean, if, if we see Andy Dalton come out there tonight and, and look really good and throw like three touchdowns, 300 yards or something, maybe we'll be interested in Baker. But I'm probably just going to keep Baker Mayfield uh, in two quarterback super flex leagues. Um, and you're saying go Baker in Cleveland. This one's in, is it in Cleveland? I thought it was in, uh, let me just take a look there. So yeah, that one's going to be in Cleveland there. So thanks, Andrew. Uh, so just looking, I guess, at the rest of the Browns here, Baker Mayfield only threw the ball 33 times. They typically run it more, but they also, you know, attempted 32 carries on the ground here between Chubb and Hunt. Uh, Nick Chubb, one catch, 26 yards, 18 for 80 and a touchdown. Kareem Hunt, though, man, he's been kind of he's been kind of disappointing the last three games. It seems like Nick Chubb is is f- like firmly entrenched as the lead back here now. Whereas the first game or two back, it was still kind of Kareem Hunt being a 50-50 guy. But all of a sudden, three straight games of below double digits for Kareem Hunt. Uh, I don't I don't know if Kareem Hunt's a must-start RB2 anymore. And a, a tough game going up against the Ravens. I think I'm going to probably lean towards not using Kareem Hunt this week. So we got Dustin B. What do you need, Dustin B? We can do uh, whatever you need. Just fire your question away. Um, just looking at the Broncos. Broncos are hard to trust. They have a, a decent matchup coming up against Carolina. I think I'm going to like Melvin Gordon in this one. Tim Patrick's going to be risky, but he is the guy that gets the most snaps. He didn't lead the team in targets or anything. That was no offense, but it seems like Drew Locke, when he is kind of on the run and moving, he needs somebody there. That's kind of the guy that he likes to look for there. So Dustin B is asking, it's between QD, Hilton, and the running back of the 
New York Jets. At the moment right now, man, T.Y. Hilton, he's been on a two-game tear. He's going up against the Raiders. The Raiders, you know, just almost lost to the New York Jets themselves. And then they also had that nightmare game against the Falcons. So I think I think between uh, T.Y. Hilton and Kiki Cutie, I think those are the two guys that I'm primarily interested in. I think I'm going to go Hilton, Cutie, and then Ty Johnson. With, with the Jets situation, we have to see if Frank Gore is going to play. He's got the concussion symptoms. I'm not sure what's going to happen there, but I just I, I'm going to I'm going to get nervous uh, starting a Jets running back off the waiver wire for sure. Whereas with Kiki Cutie, uh, we saw Cutie come in. Uh, let's just look at this real quick. So for Houston, uh, Kiki Cutie, he 75% of the snaps, but a team high nine targets. Eight catches, 141 yards. Going up against the, the Chicago Bears. I like that matchup there, but I do think I like the way Phillip Rivers is playing. So give me Hilton, and then I can see if you wanted QT, I could see that as well. Uh, but definitely not excited about Ty Johnson and the Jets uh, going up against Seattle here. So Juju or Jerry Judy. So I, there was an interesting – like Jerry Judy sent out a tweet that was like – it was after the game, and he's like, well, at least I got my conditioning in and kind of basically signaling that he was a little ticked off that he wasn't getting targeted or he just didn't do anything in the game and wasn't getting looked at by Drew Locke. So I think for me, I'm going to keep Drew Locke and Jerry Judy uh, on the bench. Give me Juju Smith-Schuster where I know, what, he had like seven catches, 28 yards the other night. But going up against Buffalo, we should see the Steelers open it up on offense a little bit more. They just let Nick Mullins throw for three touchdowns. Um, So perhaps uh, Juju could be the guy there. So we got Milo in the chat asking, I need Lamar Jackson and Dalton Schultz combined to get 11 points to make the playoffs. That's it. That's all we need. We're going to make the playoffs. So uh, way to go, Milo. If I win, I come fourth. And if I don't lose, if I lose, I I don't make the playoffs. I think you're going to get it. As long as you're, as long as whoever you're playing doesn't have anybody else scoring. I mean, Lamar can get 14, you know, easily by himself just with a couple plays. And then I'm actually starting Dalton Schultz in a couple leagues myself tonight uh, so I'm hoping for, you know, just a steady uh, four or five catches, maybe 50 yards and hopefully a touchdown there. So this looks pretty good for Milo there. So let's go Lamar. Let's go Dalton Schultz here. Um, uh, yeah, we were talking about Herbert earlier. Um, I don't know what happened, man. The whole thing with with Bill Belichick and rookie quarterback, sometimes he just shows them things that they didn't expect. I also just think the whole team was just kind of deflated. Uh, the head coach, Anthony Lynn, like told the team earlier in the week that Man, we're probably not going to be making the playoffs. We don't really have a lot to look like. He just kind of just set the tone for a complete stinker of a game against New England at home. But uh, we should see what Herbert's made out of. I, I, I would imagine a team putting up zero points the week, the next week, they're going to have some things to prove to themselves. So I'm looking for the Chargers to bounce back. Really good matchup against Atlanta. I do think Herbert uh, is in line for a good bounce back here. Um, so no problem, Dustin B. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks, Sports Dog. Man, I, I appreciate this. I pre- appreciate all the new subscribers. We've been getting a, a good run of, of video views and subscribers and likes. So I appreciate everybody in the chat room uh, just hanging out, asking questions. This is uh, this is pretty nice here. So uh, pick one for the rest of the playoffs. PPR, Jerry Judy, Cole Beasley, Brandon Ayuk. Pick one for the rest of the playoffs. I don't know. The way Brandon Ayuk looked last night, he looked like he needs more touches. I, I think I'm off the Jerry Judy, the Denver Broncos offense. I think that's a team that it's just, it's doesn't excite me for the, you know, especially the playoffs. I want to trust teams 
that I think are, are playing pretty well here. So Cole Beasley, of course, uh, is one of those guys that I think we can trust. But, I mean, the thing with Cole Beasley is he's been kind of all over the place in terms of, of consistency here. So let's just pull up what he's been doing. Uh, this is, a, I think, Harris requested Yahoo earlier, so I'm going to click Yahoo. Um, so, again, he's, he's sandwiched some two monster games here, but a 3.5, a 5.4, a 3.4. Uh, he's essentially the Naheem Hines of wide receivers at this point. So he makes me a little bit nervous, but I, I it's kind of like what I said here. In the games where he has to face uh, a tough opponent, he usually shines. So uh, especially when Stephon Diggs is on a tough assignment cornerback, that's usually when Josh Allen's looking for him. But, man, just two targets, three targets, 13, 11. That's, to me, it's really frustrating uh, having to rely on him week to week. So I think for me – uh, the way Brandon Ayuk looked last night, I, I think I, I really like uh, going with Ayuk here. Um, let me just pull up. Oh, I was going to click on Yahoo here. So Brandon Ayuk, I think it was a career high. Nope. So, I mean, just look at his last four games here. This is pretty consistent here. And then, I, I mean, a bad game for Ayuk, three for 44, two for 12 and a touchdown. But he's on a three-game touchdown streak. 9, 14, 11 targets, 8, 7, 5 catches, you know, some some steady high yards here. Uh, for me, I really value uh, watching uh, a receiver be really consistent, so I think, I think I'm going to lean with that youth there. Uh, so no problem, Sport Dog. Thanks for hanging out. Go Dobbins, go Ravens, I suppose. It seems like a lot of people are on the Ravens here. Um, let's see here. We got another one from Harris. Pick one for the rest of the playoffs. Jerry, Judy, Cole Beasley, Brandon Ayuk, Tim Patrick, Corey Davis, and Marvin Jones Jr. Hmm. Brandon Ayuk and Corey Davis stick out to me. I do like Marvin Jones, but I'm also nervous about maybe Kenny Galladay coming back and just kind of throwing off all of his momentum right now. But with Corey Davis, I mean, it's it's hard to argue with what we just saw Corey Davis do. Uh, and then also, I wanted to pull up the Tennessee Titans schedule here. So I believe the Titans have a really nice schedule for the fantasy playoffs. And... Uh, we did at the top of the show, I kind of pulled up some news and we did see that Adam Humphreys is back on IR with a concussion. So they're basically just running out AJ Brown and Corey Davis and a handful of tight ends. So with Corey Davis here, again, this is kind of one of my, this is one of my most valuable things here is consistency. He had the one game. I don't know what happened against Chicago. He might've been hurt that game. Who knows? But super steady, super steady guy. I know that the targets and the, and the volume isn't exactly there, but the thing that I knew that I do know is there is he makes plays uh, a couple game, uh, a couple of games. So I think Corey Davis is a super safe guy. I think Brandon Ayuk really catches my attention too. So I think, I think I'm gonna go with Ryan Tannehill and Corey Davis. Let me just quick um, Tennessee Titans schedule here. The Titans schedule the rest of the way: Jaguars, Lions, Packers. I don't know if you play Week 17, but the Texans really good defense here. Titans need to keep winning. They just dropped a game here, so I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna lean with Corey Davis here. Um, so that was full PPR. Okay. Yeah. I'm still going to go with, uh, with our guy, Brandon Ayuk, I think over Cole Beasley in that one question earlier. Um, so is Curtis Samuel good after his COVID is gone? Um, Curtis Samuel, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to prefer if, if this is related to your question earlier uh, to this question, I still think I'm going to go with, with Ayuk and Corey Davis, just because Samuel's kind of the third guy. Uh, they still like Robbie Anderson 
and DJ Moore. I do like Curtis Samuel, but I still think uh, those other guys that we talked about earlier are more of my favorites there. So we got a question from Jenna ER Nurse. Thanks for hanging out. Who's the best waiver wire pickup this week, T.Y. Hilton or Kiki? So we had this question uh, a little bit earlier. I think I'm going to roll with, uh, if, if you're looking for a guy to start this week, I think it's T.Y. Hilton going up against the Oakland Raiders. I said Oakland Raiders. It's the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, but we did see Hilton's on a two-game streak here. Kiki Cutie, he was nine, nine targets, eight catches, 141 yards, no touchdowns. So a really nice play, uh, a really nice day from Kiki Cutie. But T.Y. Hilton is the he's the number one receiver in Indianapolis, whereas Kiki, there's there's Brandon Cooks and a couple other things going on there with that offense where I think I feel the most comfortable with T.Y. Hilton this weekend. Uh, I'm just pulling up here to see. Uh, I want to see how many fantasy points the Raiders are allowing against secondary. So they rank 13th here. They've allowed 14 touchdowns over 2000 yards to the receiver so far. And then uh, with with Kiki going up against the Bears. The Bears, even though their defense is kind of falling uh, the last couple of games here, they still it's a tougher matchup on paper. Only nine touchdowns allowed to receivers. Uh, so I think I'm going to roll with T.Y. Hilton if you need a guy uh, just for this week here. Um, so we have Watson. I hope his production doesn't go down. Um, I guess the one thing, though, is Watson's one of those guys that he's going to keep fighting. He's, he got the rushing touchdown for us this weekend, so we appreciate that. Uh, but just looking at what the Bears have been allowing to quarterbacks the last couple games here, Oh, let me go. I should probably click on quarterbacks first, huh? Um, so the Chicago Bears, they're still one of the better teams against the quarterback points here. But I just noticed the last couple games here, you look at this is a trend here. So they've played three straight NFC North games. Stafford puts up 32 points. Rodgers, 27.8. Kirk Cousins, 22.5. So there's a trend. There's a huge trend here. Even Drew Brees hit some of this. Uh, but the quarterback points that the Bears are allowing are, are steadily increasing here. So I do think Watson could have a pretty nice game here. Um, I think if, I mean, if you wanted to double down on Kiki Cutie, I don't, I don't mind it. I do think Houston's playing with a lot of heart right now, uh, but T.Y. Hilton's playing some good football. They're, to be honest, they're both good plays, uh, but I think, I think I prefer Kiki, um, maybe Kiki in a PPR league, if that's what it is. But uh, I don't know. They're, to be honest, they're both really good plays. I think they're both preference plays. Uh, but for as far as a matchup on paper, T.Y. Hilton's got the easier matchup, uh, but I'm not going to fault you if you want Kiki Cutie. It's also a fun name to, to keep saying there. And he's easy. He's a guy to, that's easy to root for here. Um, so I claimed uh, before everyone jumped on it. Washington, who's WAP? Who's, I claimed the WAP before everyone jumped on it. Um, uh, should I join a Dynasty League next year? I would. If you've never played in a Dynasty League, I would definitely recommend it. Um, one of the best dynasty websites to play on is myfantasyleague.com, and uh, you can basically join the league any any time you want. Basically, when the season's done here, I think you can even like start a league during midseason too. It's pretty crazy. But the best dynasty website for me is myfantasyleague.com. Uh, it's a pretty well-run website there. Uh, so if you've never played it before, I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. Um, so definitely, definitely get into one, man. Especially a startup dynasty draft is one of the most fun things to do, uh, because you can essentially just take it all rookie team, or you can just kind of lace in a few veterans and whatnot. So a lot of fun with dynasty startup drafts, but, uh, we're going on a little bit over an hour here. I think that's going to do it for tonight. We got the Ravens and the Cowboys starting up in uh, maybe 10, 15 minutes here. Or was it the seven Oh five start? I'm not sure, but uh, I don't know. I want to thank everyone for your time. Thanks for hanging out in the chat room. A lot of good questions. 
Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check us out on thefantasyfellowship.com. And uh, I don't know, one last thing. If anyone's interested in listening to me and a couple others talk about some fantasy basketball tonight, in about 20 minutes, uh, around 7.30, I'm going to be going live talking some fantasy basketball. I'll have the football game on here in the corner for me. But uh, I don't know, a lot of good stuff coming uh, on the Fantasy Fellowship. So thank you again so much for your time. Have a good rest of your night. Enjoy the game. Good luck. Get to the playoffs. And uh, peace.